Today, we're going to talk about how to stop flatulence. Now, the average person, according to they, uh, farts between 5 to 15 times a day with no odor. Now, you might be sitting down there saying, I fart more than that, or I fart less than that, or I don't fart at all, but this is an average person. So it's kind of like saying the average person consumes uh, 145 pounds of sugar per year. Well, I consume zero sugar in a year. So some people consume a tremendous amount and some a small amount, but we're looking at the average. But an average person expels gas at a frequency between five to 15 a day. Now there's been times in your life that you may have experienced this more depending on what you eat. For example, if you're in college and you eat this thing called Hormel chili, for example, um, you may experience more flatulence. I know for me, I had a problem in my late 20s when I was trying to become a vegan for a, a few months. It, it didn't really work out. But if you have a problem now, I'm going to show you exactly what to do to resolve it. Now, since we're on the topic of farts, I have to bring up cow farts and burps, okay? Because if you do a search on flatulence, uh, the first, I don't know how many pages, will talk about how cows are farting and burping and releasing about 160 to 320 liters of methane per day. And that's basically causing the global warming, et cetera, et cetera. But if you actually dig into all the data and research, you're going to find some real interesting things about that, that counter uh, that theory and give you some of the data that's missing and never included when they're talking about this topic. And I'm going to put that research down below, but between 1990 and 2007, the global cattle and buffalo population increased by a factor of 125 million extra cows and buffalo on this planet. And during that period of time, there was zero increase in methane. But this data is always omitted when they're talking about this topic. So again, when you're trying to evaluate information, you really need to have all the information to come up with the right conclusion. There are many other things that are much bigger in contributing to more methane than cows. All right, so what causes flatulence? Well, we have certain fiber that you eat, certain carbohydrates that you eat in the form of sugar, starches, okay, that are then fermented. So microbes are acting on these fibers and sugars and they're eating them. That's their food. And as a byproduct, hydrogen is released and then methane is also released. Now, this process should occur in your large intestine. It should not occur in the small intestine. When it does, you get what's called SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, and that can create a lot of gas and a lot of problems. And one of the causes for SIBO is a lack of stomach acid. In fact, one of the big causes of gas in general is a lack of stomach acid. As we get older, we lose the acidity in our stomach. If we take antibiotics, we start losing the stomach acid. If we take antacids, we lose the stomach acid. There's a lot of things that we're exposed to that can contribute to less stomach acid. Now, if we don't have the right pH in our stomach, between like one and three, which is very, very acidic, food gets undigested. And uh, if it's undigested, everything below the stomach has a more difficult time breaking that food down. And that creates all sorts of strain and stress 
on the enzyme production from your pancreas, from the gallbladder releasing bile, uh, from the small intestine to do its work. And then you can start getting fermentation in the small intestine. And again, that's called SIBO. And this is where a person can starts consuming fiber, okay, even from vegetables, and they really just blow up like a balloon. And they're, they're confused because they're saying, well, I'm eating this good, healthy food. Why do I feel so bad? They can have very severe bloating and pain and very severe gas simply because you have these bacteria that are in the wrong place and we're getting fermentation in the wrong place. So here's the solution to lack of stomach acid. Betaine hydrochloride. The chloride contributes and improves the hydrochloric acid, okay? So this breaks down and helps you build up your stomach acid. It works great. Um, these come in tablets. Um, you can Take a couple, okay, it might make a slight difference, but I always recommend take a little bit more because sometimes you might need six, seven, eight at a time to create the effect that you want, especially in the beginning. And over time, you'll need less and less and less because your body will start just making more to the point where you, don't, you won't need any, any uh, help building your stomach acid. And I also recommend a couple um, herbs that are really good for digestion. Ginger, really, really good. Uh, for not just helping you with gas, but to help release bile, to help release enzymes, and also to help with uh, any type of spasms going on in the small intestine or tightness. So it just allows you to uh, relax more in that area so you can digest. Uh, any type of mint is really good for digestion and fennel. Now, what about apple cider vinegar? Is that good? Well, if you actually look up some of the credible sites on Google, it'll tell you there's no research that says that drinking apple cider vinegar will help you with digestion. But my opinion is I don't really care if there's a study or not. I know it works. I've done it myself. I've given it to my patients. It works on a lot of people. And who's going to spend the money on the research on apple cider vinegar? Unless you own an apple cider vinegar company, uh, no one's going to spend that money. Instead, most of the money in researching digestive problems is going to be funded by medication. Who can afford to spend money in research on digestive problems? Pharmaceutical companies. Not your average Joe that wants to do a study in apple cider vinegar. But there is some research on acetic acid and slowing your digestion down. Uh, so the enzymes in your small intestine can start acting on the food and contribute to more complete digestion. And so the faster the food goes through your digestive system, uh, the less complete the digestion is gonna be. I mean, just think about if someone has diarrhea, right? Food could go right through you undigested. But if there's something that can slow down the digestion, like apple cider vinegar, and consuming enough fat at the meal, the rest of the digestive juices can act on that food and really break it down to the point where you don't get these problems with gas and extra methane and bloating and other related symptoms. So both betaine hydrochloride and apple cider vinegar are really good to reduce flatulence and hopefully get rid of it completely. All right, now let's talk about food intolerances like lactose intolerance, right? This is not a true allergy, but you're just intolerant because you don't have the enzymes to break down this milk sugar. So anything dairy can create a lot of gas. A lot of people have a problem with this. Now you can take enzymes for that um, or just avoid dairy. Then you have gluten. A lot of people have an allergy to gluten. 
and some people don't, but they have an intolerance for gluten. And that can create a lot of gas, bloating, pain, arthritis, etc. So the good thing about what I recommend is if you're on healthy keto, you're not going to have to worry about it because you're not going to be consuming gluten or grains for that matter. But for any type of intolerances, you can always take more enzymes. You can also take probiotics to help fortify the microbes so they can make more enzymes. Uh, I found a lot of people that have food allergies, if they take certain probiotics, they can actually reduce their food allergies. Okay, then we have what's called gas-producing foods, like fruit is a big one, right? Uh, beans, legumes, starches like potato, rice, uh, things like that, grains, sugars, certain cruciferous vegetables like Brussels sprouts, okay, broccoli, cabbage. Then you have like onions and garlic. These are very gas producing for certain people. Other people can consume them without a problem. But if you are on the ketogenic plan, you're not going to be doing fruit. You're not going to do beans. You're not going to do starches. You're not going to do sugar. So you're going to be in good shape. Now, if you have a problem with cruciferous vegetables, there are other vegetables that will not produce gas like lettuce, tomato, zucchini, olives, and avocado. Okay. So just eat more of these right here. I will say when I recommend the healthy version of the ketogenic diet, I recommend that people consume a lot more greens and salads and vegetables. Uh, however, um, for some people, um, they, they don't have the microbes to handle that much fiber. So you want to go slow and you want to gradually go into it. Uh, but a good percentage of the people just jump right in. They have a really big salad each day and there's no problem. But the benefit of the fiber to feed the microbes, as well as the potassium, the magnesium, the vitamin C, and all those phytonutrients can greatly help a person and take their health to a whole new level. All right, number four, sugar alcohols. When someone starts the ketogenic diet, uh, inevitably they're going to be really into all these really cool desserts you can now have and make uh, with these little keto cookies and they have little bars and they're filled with these keto-friendly fiber like corn fiber and other fibers like dextrin that are considered keto-friendly that create a lot of gas for people. Uh, inulin might create a lot of gas and it's in a lot of different uh, keto-friendly products. Inulin is a type of fiber. And then you have the sugar alcohols like erythritol, uh, xylitol, mannitol, which for a lot of people can produce a lot of gas. So you will quickly find out if you can tolerate uh, these sugar alcohols once you start the ketogenic plan. I think a lot of people when they start keto, they go overboard and just consume a lot of this stuff. Um, I would just recommend testing the waters, do a little bit. Um, I use xylitol, non-GMO, um, on a regular basis in my coffee. I'll just have one in my coffee each day. I'm good. It creates no problem whatsoever. But I just wanted to bring up sugar alcohols because that is definitely one source of flatulence. Number five, chewing gum, especially if you have your mouth open, you can be swallowing a lot of air. Eating with your mouth open... Okay, you can swallow a lot of air and that could end up with some gas. So eat with your mouth closed. And if you're going to chew gum, keep your mouth closed. All right, number six, carbonation, right? Now, there's a lot of carbonated um, flavored water drinks out there that can add more gas in the system and end up with flatulence. 